This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're going over our weekly hunt update, and Elliot and I both have a hunt to go over from Kansas and Indiana. But before we do that, a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right to the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, But they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, You can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls, which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls be sure to check out bailey's game calls for your next duck or goose call what's going on folks i'm jordan from duck gun chronicles got my co-host Greybeard elliot from freelance duck hunting and we're here for another weekly hunt update how you doing elliot i'm doing good i only have one hunt on this one but it was a decent hunt that was fun awesome awesome actually i have one this would be one of our least updatable <laughs> um episodes i guess yeah yeah it doesn't have to be that long of a podcast i guess but um i had a blast on my hunt i did i did absolute blast awesome well hold on I did, get... I, did i talk last week about the river hunt with the boys I think yeah I did. you did okay okay 
Is that your hunt? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got a pond. Oh. We went to we went back to Corn's Pond, which is where we're oh, going okay. again Saturday. So all right, this is out of your element, man. Hunting all these uh, ponds this year. I know, I know. I'm really man. This pond that Corn had actually his his father in law owns it, and he's been telling me he's going to try to get permission on it for about three years. And I know where it's located. I have kept telling him I was like, I guarantee you, there's going to be geese there because the, it's just outside of city limits. And there's a, like a city lake. It's a big pond city lake. And it's always full of geese. Always, always, always. And I'm like, dude, listen, this place is going to be loaded with geese. You got it. So finally he got around to um, getting permission and three hunts before the last hunt, I was averaging eight birds a hunt there. And now after last hunt, I'm still averaging like 6.5 in three hunts. So it's, it's a great place. It's a great place. Awesome. So I know you, I know you said in the past, like you're, you know, you like the experience of the hunt. You like the hustle, like having to get out there and work hard, but it's kind of, you know, for you, it's just super easy to get on these pond hunts. Has that diminished your joy of the hunt at all? Or, um, I, uh, last hunt, I have thoroughly enjoyed these hunts here, but I would never, ever want to only hunt places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I put out that video called full immersion where you just feel like you're completely immersed in a natural environment and you feel like there's no one else around for miles and miles and you're just, I'm just completely impacted in, in nature. And you can never, ever, ever get that feeling at this type of pond, um, where it's on a farm, it's not that far outside of town, you know? Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoy having those places because like this last night, we finally got a key to the place. So um, we drove the truck right in, like to the pond edge and just threw everything out. And that was really, really nice. <laughs> it was really nice not have to be so <laughs> physically demanding and dragging yeah. both through the woods and, you know, running up river. So it was, I, I it's, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> you know, when I you would, want a softer hunt versus when you want to really get at it. I would say later in the season, the more enjoyable these hunts gets because by the end of the season, grinding away, you know, if you're hunting three mm-hmm. times a week or, you know, more or less, whatever, just by the end of the season, you get, you're getting worn down. And, and like, if you can get a hunt like that where you can just pull up and, yeah. and unload your stuff, you're like, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time. But see, this Saturday, I've got a friend. Um, that moved away that I used to hunt with a lot and he's coming back to town. He's corn, corn and this guy named Tyler and myself, we used to hang out together during my college days and hunt and everything and haven't seen Tyler forever. So, um, corn's like, you know, Tyler wants to come hunt with this side. Let's go to hunt the pond. And I definitely want to hunt with Tyler, but my heart is really out chasing ducks. I've been looking on Google maps to this place down in the south where duck hunting's still open. I got my eye on this spot. It's going to be a, one of those, you know, um, take the take the kayak in, portage the kayak up over a dike, back into the water, get up at two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's gonna be like one of those real demanding hunts. And even though um, I really want to hunt with Tyler and I wouldn't miss it for the world, my heart is going out there at two a.m. and busting my butt to get into this little little spot I've never hunted before. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'm thinking about hunting new spots too there's just a certain allure to it. Like, uh, you know, just going somewhere, you just got to know, you know, and get getting on the adventure. And like you said, I mean, having to go through all that, I mean, that's definitely an adventure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even like when you were up here and we put on um, the lake, just the two of us early in the morning, they're shooting stars flying all over the place. We're kicking up over logs in the dark, you know, it's, that, that part was a little bit too much of an adventure when we're hitting logs an and I'm like the next one's tipping us over. <laughs> like that, that's not my kind of adventure. I'm, I'm but here to it live. Is an it <laughs> yeah, is an it was. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I'm just giving it, no, that was awesome for sure. Um, just giving a little bit of a, uh, a tough time with the, the logs. <laughs> I could do yeah. without the logs. Well, I can, I could too. And I, I could too, but we're safer than you felt. Um, <laughs> That's reassuring. I, I don't, I don't like them either. <laughs> uh, but so I keep watching the weather for when you're going to be up here on the weekend and man, I'm just praying for warm weather on this one. Just praying for warm weather because <laughs> we're right at that end of, in between where we will either be um dragging our boats to the woods where we've been shooting all those limits of mallards or we'll probably be back um, where we were day one with you which i love that spot it's a great place um but i'm just praying that we can um, take the boat up the river offload the kayaks drag them through the woods or maybe even get the a-frame in there i really want you to get in a hunt at that spot because it's just a different location and so every day i'm watching the 10-day forecast and like one day it'll be like okay, it, it's going to be ice-free. It's going to be ice-free. And then like today, the predicted temperatures dropped like five degrees. So I'm like, oh no, ice. So I'm like watching them every single day. Just fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, I, d I took a look at it as well. And, it, you know, the 10-day forecast, it's looking like it's 40s in the afternoons and 25 like in the morning. I'm like, man, that's like the worst because you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Whether it's going to freeze or not, like, and that's where it's like on a knife's edge, like the wind could change it or like having uh -huh. sun in the afternoon. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it's hard to pattern the birds. And <laughs> I think and my dad will be able to scout um, the, the couple the two days before, though, which will really help. Nice. Greatly. And also, so. I won't um, be have, having to cut out on Sunday. Yeah. Because, you know, last time we would have been able to jump in the marsh and shoot limits or whatever <laughs> with, with Aiden. Yeah. So you, I consider you such a friend that if the Chiefs are in, if the Chiefs win this weekend, right? But they won't be. Which they're are you? The Colts. They're playing the Colts. You're a Colts fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm a fair weather fan. Like I hadn't watched them in in a long time, and they started okay. just smoking it this year, nine games in a row, and getting in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, Colts. <laughs> well, just realize just, that one of us is probably going to have to miss um, the AFC Championship game, depending on when it's on, when it is. That's right. I got a YouTube TV. We'll just put it right up there on my phone in full immersion all the <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> that would be cool. One of our teams is going to be playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl the day we're out hunting. Mm. Maybe well, it'll be like a 7 o'clock game or something. Well, I think the last time the Colts played the Chiefs, they won by one point. So, just yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the playoff game where the Chiefs were beating the Colts like – 32 to seven or something in the playoffs and the Colts came screaming back to beat them. It was probably Peyton Manning here, right? Um, was that Peyton Manning? That might actually have been luck right at the beginning of his career. That was only a, like about five years ago. Huh? Well then it probably was luck. Yeah. I don't remember that game. It was like the biggest comeback in, in uh, what well, I think the second biggest comeback or the first biggest comeback in playoff history. Hmm. The low point of my NFL <laughs> fandom career. And with the, being a Chiefs fan, we've had lots of low points. Wow. There's yeah. another game against the Colts where uh, here at Kansas City where our field goal kicker missed three field goals and we lost 9-6. to six. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. 
Well, this is a first for us on the Duck Gun Podcast, going off on tangents about football. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I am a lifelong Chiefs fan. As a kid, I watched all the games, but it came to a point where um, I love duck hunting so much. Like this Saturday, the Chiefs play at three, and I'm thinking, no one's going to be in the marshes. They're all <laughs> going to be watching the game. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe I can hit that pond in the morning. And I know I can talk Golden Boy to do it. And then Golden Boy and I will run out and hit duck hunt in the afternoon when no one will be there because of the game. Nice. That may be there you happen. go. That's a good plan. Yeah. That may be and a, a good transition back into duck hunting. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to tell my hunt or you got yours or what? Uh, yeah, you go ahead first. Okay. So um, the river hunt, which I just released on Monday, I released them out of order. So the hunt I'm going to talk about actually posted last Thursday. Um, it, it was on January 1st. I had such an enjoyable afternoon that I just was so motivated to edit that, that I put that video out Thursday on YouTube, freelance duck hunting. And then um, I edited the river hunt and put it out on Monday because I did not have a very enjoyable time. And it really wasn't all that dependent on, I've had lots of fun hunts. So we've only shot one duck. I just didn't have a fun, fun time on this hunt. My boys were all muddy. I didn't feel like they really wanted to be there. That was like, you know, dealing with their lack of desire, lack of <laughs> fire. They all, all three of my boys duck hunt, but I don't think any of them have the fire. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, kind of to interject on that, I don't want to go too off tangent, but I definitely didn't have the fire till, um, my later, a later age than what they're at. So there's still a chance. Anyways, continue yeah. with your story. <laughs> well, it's just like with your hunting dog, you know, you take your hunting dog out on their first several hunts and they're terrible and you're feeling like, Oh, they're going to suck for the rest of their lives. <laughs> right. Dude, relax. It's their first few hunts. They're going to be fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I did, I did post these videos out of order. Have, have you watched the video? Um, it's like hunting with corn and corn in the afternoon or something with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we only had geese to hunt because um, duck hunting had closed down in this region. And we didn't, we were thinking about traveling down to duck hunt, but it was an hour and a half. We didn't really want to do it. So we're like, okay, we're going to hunt pond. Uh, Corn's pond is what we're naming this place. And um, so the night before or the day before corn's talking to the farmer and he's like, Oh, my son and his crew is going to be out there in the morning. Well, they normally go out there with like seven guys. It's like one of those young college kid hunting thing guys type of thing. <laughs> and um and why, why don't you tell us how you really feel <laughs> <laughs> I, if people want to hunt seven it's fine i just don't i just personally don't enjoy it it's not i don't <laughs> chastise i mean i do feel like it's a younger it's more of a 20 year old college kid younger guys game to hunt that many people hmm. um field hunting is i exclude field hunting from that and i especially exclude snow goose hunting from that because <clears throat> if i'm snow goose hunting i want six or seven people because if you're putting up five thousand decoys <laughs> you don't want to be with you and your buddy <laughs> But, and I do exclude field hunting from that a little bit, but in, in, anyway, um, so we're like, ah, oh, crap, you know, they're going to be in there all morning. So we look at our other options, um, golden boy scouts, a couple places, and it comes down to, it's like, this is basically our only option, um, is to either hunt this place. Um, cause I wasn't going to get up real early and go clear down to um, where we needed to go to hunt ducks. And so we're like, look, let's just go ahead and try it. It's just going to be golden boy and corn and myself we're going to roll in there about noon and it's going to be relaxing whatever is fine um so we got there at noon and the farmer's kid and all his friends are still in there so i'm like oh my gosh you gotta be kidding me so now what do we do because they said they were going to be done late morning um and i'd say noon is definitely late morning 
1201 is no longer 12 is no longer here. <laughs> so we we actually just decided to go out and have lunch at this place because we're pretty close to this town um corn texted the farmer and he's like yeah um they're coming out they didn't he said they didn't do very well they shot 12 i'm like oh that seems like pretty well to me i've never <laughs> shot 12 geese and said i didn't do very well um, but that goes to show you how much this pond actually produces that they're mm -hmm. shooting 12 and saying that they didn't do very well so we're like you know what um number one we've got the key and we can just drive right in there almost no effort whatsoever so we'll just go in there and and kind of play it by ear and see if we can decoy a couple groups of, of of geese we'll be happy um so we get in there and we didn't have the a-frame with us because i had left it in the boat and my dad had it so aiden had his layout blind i brought in my um ascend h12 with my redhead blind attachment because that's really brushed perfect color wise for what we're in and then we used the htr um what's the name of that the ground pad what's the actual name of that uh layout lounge yeah, the layout lounge. We used that and we just used grass mats over it, which was the first time we had used it. Every time I'd use that thing, um, which honestly, I am absolutely in love with that thing for my layout boat. I'm absolutely in love with it. The thing is so comfortable. The way it works in a layout boat or my kayak is you can actually adjust the angle um, of the of the layout pad. So if, if you're if it's early, early morning, you can basically sit straight up. Um, you can bring it back down and lay all the way out in it. I mean, it is so comfortable for, for my layout boat. Um, but that's the first time we've actually tried it just laying on the ground. So we put corn on the ground under that thing and threw, um, grass, grass mats on top of him. And, um, we were set up by about one fifty, two o'clock, I think. And we waited no more than, um, like 10, 15 minutes. And here comes some geese. Um, they, they came in, they circled around two birds dropped out of it and I've really been struggling. I started really struggled on my shot calling cause I'm the one that calls the shot for it's on this day because I kept getting stuck between, do we take the birds we have in front of us or do we, um, let them land and continue to work the group? So we had two birds just come right over from left to right and corns on my left. I'm in the middle and Aiden was on the right and Aiden was starting with the video camera. So they came right over top of me and I just wasn't sure what to do. And I whispered Aiden, I was like, should I take him? And Aiden's like, yeah, take him. So by the time I called the shot, corn didn't even have a shot anymore because they're off to my right. Mm -hmm. I doubled on those birds. We had a long discussion about just like, okay, we've got these two here, but there's 20 others. Now the, the 20 others was not setting its wing and coming right in. If they were going to come in, they were going to have to take a whole nother circle around. And I'm kind of feeling like, in this situation um, where you've got two birds that are doing it and the whole other group of geese is going to have to completely take another circle around, I think I would rather take those two. If those two are landing and the ones behind it are locked and it looks like they're going to come right in, then I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly happy to wait. Um, so we took those two. Anyway, we from 2 to 240, we ended up shooting about four. Um, then it was pretty dead until right at 4.30. The birds started working again, and we killed another four birds um, from 4.30 until right about 5. But the decoy passes that we had, they were good They were good quality shots, re really quality shots, you know, 20, 25, 30 yards. Um, but they weren't – it's like I think they might have been seeing 
maybe they were singing corn because Aiden and I, or they were singing Jeff to make sure it's clear. I call him corn. Um, <laughs> because Aiden and I were in layout layouts that completely covered <laughs> us all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Where Jeff had with those um, grass mats up on the layout lounge, he still had, you know, from his chest to the top of his head exposed and his face, he had some kind of face mask on, but I just think he wasn't fully as concealed as we were. So maybe that's what it was, but they would come just like they were going to land and then drift a little bit. So they weren't quite landing in the pocket, but I think we basically killed everything that we, everything that we shot at. Um, we never, I don't, we didn't have anything bigger than a group of three. Um, and sometimes they would come in high. We had one that was really cool. This whole group of about 50. Um, and I got really good footage of this one. I got, we got, I thought we got really good footage of everything, honestly, on this. But this one group came up real high, and one goose circled out of that group, circled back, did one circle, and just dropped straight down in with its wing set. And that is so much fun when that happens, and those mm-hmm. those geese those geese will do that. Um, and foul chasers on here on the YouTube chat actually is asking about the goose news call. Is it easy to use? I got two calls from Hunter's Hall, um, both of them mob lynch lynch mob calls. And um, both of the both of the geese calls, goose calls, I find very easy to use. I'm not much of a goose caller. It's something act I'm really need to improve on. I just have never even tried to become one. So while we're out there, Aiden was actually talking to me about it and giving me some pointers and stuff. So Aiden was still doing most of the calling, but we ended up with eight eight geese and just laying. I don't get to hunt with corn very often. I mean, hunts about you know four or five times a year, and how easy that hunt was. And after the river hunt. I didn't have a good time at all. Just laying there with my two buddies uh, for an afternoon hunt. So easy. I had the most relaxed, enjoyable time. Um, we each shot a couple. I shot two. I think the both of them shot three each. Um, it was just, it was just a relaxing, fantastically fun time. Honestly, it was great. Awesome. And we used the white rocks again. Um, I'm continue to be really thrilled with the white rock silhouettes and, and socks. And this is the first time we actually had a nice little wind with them and we've all, all three times we've hunted this pond we've used those white rock socks and silhouettes and and the geese the geese love them i mean I, I don't know what the difference would be if we had full bodies or not but you know we have those seven eight dozen out mostly on the bank um where the geese have been sitting and those geese love them they love yeah. those white rocks mm-hmm. so I yeah that was that. we're gonna hunt that again this saturday um so we'll see. We'll see if the birds are back back in there. It hasn't been hunted since the first. So it's had it's gonna have had like ten or eleven days off from being hunted. Mm. So Well you know you uh you actually shot more birds per person than that group of seven before you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. So kind but of, we didn't hardly see any ducks, but it wasn't duck season, but it was surprising we didn't see any ducks. They must know it's not season, so yeah, well, normally they come flooding in <laughs> when it's not season. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, kind of a side note, um, on those HDR uh, layout pads, um, do you know that um, HDR has a blanket that can attach to the bottom of it? I don't know if you look at the bottom of those pads. It's got a, um, a Velcro. Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, Velcro strip um, where the blanket can attach that, and you get you can get a blanket that goes over top with stubble straps. And then yeah, really? it just doubles as your actual field layout blind. So no, is this is this a new product? No, no, no it's part of it. It's uh, just um, another use form. 
it's kind of the original use for them. Um, but it's also but they that does not as, come. That does, does that come with the layout pad purchase? No. So if you buy a layout pad, um, there's two different ways you can buy it. You can buy it just as a layout pad, or you can buy it with a layout pad with a blanket. Okay. Or so you can buy just a blanket. How does the blanket work exactly? So on the bottom of it, if you flip yours over, you'll notice there's a black strip of Velcro. Uh-huh. And then your blanket would have a black strip of Velcro okay. on the inside of it. So it kind of rolls under it and attaches to that. And then wow. it comes all the way up. And it's got extra because a lot of times your feet hang off the end of that pad unless you're kind of short. Yeah. Um, and so the blanket would go out further than that. And um, it wraps up all the way up and you can hold it up, you know, right on top of you instead of using um you know your 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 mats whatever you used your brush mat uh-huh. which those works uh and those those works and so do the sacks what are those called i don't know um what do people use i don't know what i'm trying to think of um oh, i can't think of the word come on elliot throw me a bone <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about so i'm not gonna get it <laughs> dang it um sackcloth no I don't know. Anyways, you can use other stuff as well, but that that's another option for that pad is having that blanket cover. And that's kind of the original use for it. So is the idea to pull that completely up over under your chin? Yeah, so it's or- like almost like a sleeping bag once you attach it to it, except for the sides are open. So okay. but it lays down on top. It, it's a blanket that's, you know, wide enough that it lays is wider than the actual layout pad. Uh-huh. And so you lay on the pad, you know, your feet all the way down. The blanket comes up, attached to the bottom of it, and over your feet all the way up to your chin. And it's got stubble straps all along it. So you can put your corn stubble if you're in a cornfield or, you know, the brush, whatever brush you'd brush in your uh, your layout boat um, mm-hmm. that's sitting on the side of the water there. It's just, you know, just another option. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're going to use those, do you keep your gun under it, you think? The, the problem I have with the – we used to use mats. We used um, – grass mats at first then we made our own raffia mats and the problem that i had using those is i never felt comfortable having them not having my arms over top of them so then you have from the top of your head to basically your under your armpits exposed and that's too much to have exposed so mm. you you would pull it up just under your chin and then have your gun and everything underneath it so and then the as you I, sit up the way i've done it is i keep my gun on top um, and I'll keep like one arm out. So my arm, arm can go out the side of the blanket and wrap around it. And it's just on top of it. You know, I got my gun, like my pretty much my trigger finger on the gun, holding the grip, you know, um, with it sitting on top of the blanket and then the other hand on the blanket. So then when we, you know, say take them and sit up, I pull the gun off the blanket and pull the blanket up and sit up and you just kind of one okay. motion and then, yeah. with my other, you know, getting shoulder the gun and take the shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do they have white in that? I'm curious. Um, they don't right now, but they will. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's that's a nice. That's a nice feature. Saturday, I think we're taking out again. We're taking out my kayak. Um, with the redhead blind attachment, and then we are gonna have two layout blinds. So we're gonna go three guys laying out there, um, looking where the wind is, unless we can all hide in the trees, and then two guys kind of hiding under a tree filming, is the mm. way we're gonna way we're gonna do it. So, um, nice. yeah, I'm certainly interested in trying to get a hold of of one of those. And Chase said it's called a feed sack, what you were talking about. Something okay, yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, there's that yeah. kind of feed sack or any kind of the sacks people use to hide out in. 
Yeah. But. Well, the, like I said, those those layout pads. I can't. You know, I am with names. Um, what's the name again of it? Um, layout. Uh, it's a layout lounge. Layout lounge. Certainly a, a quality product. Certainly. A qual- uh, what I love having is like some. Of, I, I've I've accumulated enough duck hunting stuff that some of it, like we've gone all year and haven't yet used our tarps, but we have them there. I love being as versatile as humanly possible. So mm-hmm. it's like you may not use something for three years, but when you need it, you're shooting more ducks because you've got it. Uh, the layout lounge is is like one is like that. Our tarps are like that. Our layout blinds, like this layout blind. My dad's bringing his layout blind um, for this Saturday. We haven't used that for three years, but now that we need mm-hmm. it, boom, there it is. You know, I love being versatile like that. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> it's just costly. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But you know, over years, you just start accumulating. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. You mm-hmm. know. But I think the whole goal, and I don't hear people talk about this that much, is being so versatile that you've got a little bit of what you need for every situation. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the worst when you see birds, you find them, you find the X, and you're like, "Oh, we can't hunt that way." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The next big purchase for me needs to be a deck boat, but that's going to be a long time away because also I need a truck with a hitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My next that I'm looking for is um, the Momarsh dog um, piece like you've got, the dog blind. Yeah, those are nice. I don't know because th- those things don't fold down that small. So if I'm going to be using mine, dragging stuff, because when I imagine using mine, um, it's either going to be at the, like the lake, which I could use no problem there. Um, but when we're talking like portaging in, in a kayak, man, once you start portaging, dragging boats and dragging, um, a frames and stuff, you because you get over your head with the amount of crap you're trying to drag real fast. Yeah. But I certainly need one of those. All right, let's go ahead and jump to my hunt. Um, so my hunt was actually today. Um, we went out on a goose hunt. Um, we kind of finally had a big weather push. Um, if you guys listen to the next podcast, you'll hear, hear JT talking about the weather change we had um, in Indiana. Big weather change from 50 to 20 degrees. Uh, it was 22 and like 18 miles per hour wind. So uh, we go out there, goose hunt, and... Um, you know, first thing, <laughs> um, first thing that went wrong was the geese were actually roosting where we wanted to hunt. <laughs> so, I mean, what, that, like, you, what time did you get there? Um, first light. Okay, so you were there at the light, not 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 before, before yeah. But okay, so yeah, what would you guys decide to do with that? Uh, jump them off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I ended up shooting one. Um, we jumped him off there and we had some come right over ahead of me and I popped one, one shot, killed one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was that. So then, uh, like I said, it was like a thousand geese. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, just windy. And I mean, it was a snowstorm, like just big snowflakes. Honestly, like my favorite conditions to hunt. Um, it's the pond. Uh, it's the, the field I was talking about. Um, the last one where it's got, like, okay. it's got a big pond. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yep. on private. Then it's got a marsh, and then it's got another pond, and then fields. Gotcha. And we can hunt all that um, besides the private pond. Um, and it's a big pond. I almost feel like 
it needs another small name because it's small lake. It's, maybe not a small lake, but it's, <laughs> it's hard to hard to classify water. Um, but anyways, so but honestly, one of our biggest I think issues with the spot is they have so many options of what they're gonna do. Um, and because we've scouted it, we've gone like every like every time we hunt this, it's something wrong. Um, and it's it's embarrassing almost to say, but I mean it's just part of hunting. Um, for sure. And we're going to, you know, figure out this place eventually, but it's not going to be this year. And, uh, <laughs> um, cause they seem to do the opposite of whatever we do. But anyways, maybe you should so, go two groups in there. Cause you guys only have four or five guys. Maybe you should split up. Yeah. Normally we have four guys as our normal. We have three or four as our normal size. Just think if Hunter, uh, filmed and you filmed, that would be a cool video of like, you know, going back from spot to spot. <laughs> That'd be neat. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be worth it until one group gets all the birds and then <laughs> and the other group runs over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah, we've we've definitely talked about doing stuff like that. Yeah. So anyways, um we'd scouted out the day before, had our game plan. Um they're using this big marsh and and the pond, both of them. So that's what we thought we'd do. Um but it just didn't work out. They didn't they didn't decoy in there. <laughs> they never came back? Um, no, I mean, they all went out to feed and then they'd go to the pond on private and none of them decoyed in either of those two, the marsh or the pond. And we sat there, oh, for three and a half hours in the morning, just watching them jump from that pond out to feed, that private pond out to feed, that private pond out to feed. And so kind of like, I mean, they're taking a low path from that pond, um, the private pond and out to the field. And they weren't like, some of them weren't even going very far. And, and you we don't talking, have permission on that private pond, right? Yeah. Which is, it's, it's a curse and a blessing because they have a safe spot. So there's just tons of birds that stay here because they've never been hunted. They've never been shot once in uh-huh. their life on that pond. And I mean, there's, we could see ducks circling in there. That's another thing. We would have like limited out on ducks today. Ducks worked into uh-huh. our set in the marsh, but it's not duck season. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like we had them like feet down in the goose decoys multiple times like you know we have like a flock of 12 just come right in there and it's just like you gotta be kidding me and yeah. uh, i had like a, a black duck i've never shot a black duck come like 10 yards from me and he sees me oh i'm just standing gosh. there <laughs> and he he's like flies right at me cups and then sees me and and veers off at 10 yards i'm like i could have killed that thing I have you ever even me. seen a black duck before that's the first one i've seen <laughs> yeah i've never seen one i've never seen one yeah i mean some i think some people in our area do get get some i talked to one guy this year their group shot two on one day so it's not very often but um i, th- I don't know if they're more east coast because yeah. i know um that out in uh, some of the youtubers in new york shoot them and i've seen mm-hmm. where thomas from virginia outdoors unlimited has shot them as well so yeah they're definitely more east coast which is weird east coast seems to not do that well for ducks but they've got, got black, the got black ducks yeah. It's not Midwest, I can tell you that. I don't think they have them on the West Coast either, I don't think. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think they do. Hmm. So anyways, um, <laughs> my voice is dying on me here tonight, but um, we ended up deciding we're going to jump into the path. Like We've had, I don't know, we just decided that's what we're going to do. I know, Elliot, that's probably not your favorite thing to hear, pass shooting some geese. Um, no, but- that can be really fun, actually. I, I, we did a lot of that um, when I was in high school. Um, when we didn't have any goose decoys at all and past shooting low flying geese like that. I think that's the right choice. I think it can be really fun. Yeah. So that was our decision. 
Um, and, and so we moved over there. We had, you know, two groups kind of do it right in a row um, where they would just fly right in that path. And we're like, let's just hop over there. And so we ran over there as fast as we could. Um, pretty just, just took our guns and, and bags and chief and got over there. And so um, we were over there for like three minutes and the first group does it. And at this point, I'm just filming, um, you know, because I'm with the HDR guys. And, um, you know, we knocked a few down, uh, ended up shooting four. So, you know, it, it was definitely uh, better than getting skunked. And <laughs> were they low bit, or were they up there a little bit? Um, you know, I would say the first group was pretty low. Um, and then, you know, some of them were stretched out. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, pass shooting's not my favorite, but it sure beats getting skunked. <laughs> I like pass shooting geese. I, I, I've never moved to pass shoot ducks like that. I have no desire to pass shoot ducks normally, unless they're really low. But pass shooting geese, uh, when they're coming in, when you, you can get in their flight pattern like that, it's... Yeah, it's pretty cool to see them fall. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys salvaged it. <laughs> yeah, salvaged it. Um, but yeah, that, like I said, that place has been beating us up. So it's one of those days. I mean, we're talking about it again and we call it like the cursed, you know, it's like a cursed field or <laughs> a cursed farm at this point. I mean, cause it, it literally feels that way. Whatever we do, they do the opposite. And it's not like there's not birds there. And that's the frustrating yeah. part because we go out there and we see a thousand geese Yeah, <laughs> and none of them come over to us. Whenever, like on the river, the times that we go in and find the roost um, and bump them off there, we try really hard, if we can, not to shoot when we do it. Um, I don't know how much difference it makes, but our idea is that with less, if you don't shoot, then maybe they'll be more likely to come back. Yeah, yeah, we we, we thought about that, but when you hadn't shot a goose in, yeah. <laughs> in a month, I'm like, I'm going to take the shot I get. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you at all. I can't <laughs> believe none of them came back in. I've never busted a big group off like that. Not had at least a few singles come back in. Well, I think the, the thing is that private pond. So it's like literally like 40 yards separate them. Uh -huh. And so it, it's just, they have so many options yeah. When you have in the in the other the other pond, so there's a pond and then a two track drive that goes between it and a marsh, and then uh, a two track, pretty much a two track and like a hiking trail that go in between that and the private pond. So they have so many options right there that it's just you know easy for them to decide they're not going to come come to the one you're at. Yeah, <laughs> you got four options, so you have like a 25 percent chance of them actually doing that, and they mm -hmm. seem to never do the same thing over and over. Yeah, that'd be frustrating. Plus, once you get a couple groups of live birds on one of the other places, it's like your chances go down tremendous. Like when we were hunting that lake, you know, the first group, first couple groups we were pulling in, and then after a couple groups landed out there in open water, we were done. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. At least you got some, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Not, I'm not overly, you know, excited about the hunt, but not overly disappointed either <laughs> so when's your next video coming out what do you, do you have anything in queue uh yeah i got that pheasant hunt video coming up and then the christmas hunt video coming up and then we'll see from there so i got plans to uh meet up with somebody uh in central indiana this week to kind of get an extended duck hunt in this weekend um and then you know we'll be hitting up kansas at the end of your season mm-hmm 
uh, hopefully bringing home bag limits of Pintel. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. I, the, I'll tell you the reverse migration. It has not started as much as I would have expected it to because we've been getting warm south winds, but it is started because we're getting snow geese. Mm. So um, it's definitely the reverse migration has started. From, so from this point on here in Kansas, any warm up with south winds should bring up good numbers of birds. And maybe maybe the reason why we're not seeing that many ducks on the reverse migration is I'm not sure that many ducks went south of us. <laughs> That's true. They're all still north. <laughs> Because this place in particular, they put out the um, that I'd like to hunt Saturday. I would uh, suspect on a normal year there'd be thousands and thousands and thousands of ducks there, but the reports are not that good right now. And I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, what? Though it came, the ice came off. South winds. I know this should be good. I'm thinking maybe all those guys in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Texas have been crying for weeks about no ducks. Maybe there's nothing for them to come back up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I really think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, ho hopefully, uh, I just can't believe that there's not some ducks to come up. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the pintails. I bet the pintails come back I guarantee back you up. the pintails are south of us. I'll guarantee you that. There's no yeah. doubt about that. So, and yeah, the, I'd say we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe we when can. I, when I come there, if I can shoot any other duck, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. But if it's maybe just pin, I mean, if it's just, you know, mallards, I'm not going to complain either. So, <laughs> oh, I sure hope that we have at least one successful hunt out of the two that's at least like you know half of our limit or a full limit or something yeah yep that's when to pull the trigger <laughs> and i need one duck for my hundredth i've never shot 100 ducks in a year i need one i got three or four duck hunts left to get my one last century duck nice um, ne never thought it would happen until i was retired yeah so well i'm probably never gonna have that happen in indiana <laughs> and you never know Never as much know. as you guys hunt, you had a good year. No comment. How many, how many Tommy hunts you been on this year? Oh, I don't know. Pushing 40? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at 40, all you have to average is like, what, 2.5? I didn't average that, though. <laughs> 0.5. Yeah, but you will average 2.5. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. You, you, yeah. You will. I mean, you you did well last year. You were shooting a bunch of birds. You're right. You yeah, have, I would have good. been close last year. You'll easily put up a 2.5, 3.0 year. That's you'll easily do that at some point. Yeah, it's gonna take some more knowledge, more scouting, more spots, more time. And, well, just not just less bad luck, which is what you guys have had a and run less bad luck. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's been part birds for you guys just not being there in weather, but also, I mean, how many times have you scattered and had birds and it's fallen through? Almost an unbelievable amount of times. <laughs> and that's the same thing that happened to us on my, on FDH season two. Um, I mean, you know, everyone around here was shooting ducks. I was watching like outdoor limits videos. He was pounding ducks and the same thing. So many times we had them scattered. They were there. You go the next day and you're just like, uh, we should have shot something today. And we just did. Yeah. Sometimes just luck bites you, mm -hmm. but you had a run of that for sure. Just like your Kansas trip. I mean, we've <laughs> pounded them almost every single hunt. I can say every single hunt in this area, not not including our early central part of the state hunts, because we had two bad hunts there. Um, every hunt we has been a good hunt except the two you were on. Every hunt, so I've been almost a limit, except for the two you went on. That's making that's me, nothing you're but bad me luck. Feel so better. <laughs> well, that's just nothing but bad luck. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, I think that uh, I think that covers our update. You got anything else you want to add? 
Well, I do want to say um, somewhere in Wisconsin, Chase was asking about A-frames in a field without much other cover around you, and we actually discussed that um, in detail with Jake from JT Calls. Am I saying that right? Yep. Um, and, I mean, we probably did five, ten minutes on that very thing. So, And the conclusion everyone everyone's, that we're hearing is saying is that you can kill birds in the field um, with – not much cover with just the A-frames. Now I will say, um, you know, I, Jake was saying that they pulled, that they pull them in, but then he also said that they hope to get him in 30 or 40, which I mean, if, if your goal is 30 or 40, I'm not quite sure that. Well, I think, I think he was saying that was his goal for how long of a shot he'd take. I thought he was saying that that their goal is to get them within 30, 40, but um, they may have to stretch farther than that. No, I guess we both misunderstood. That's how. If 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 close, if their idea of close, which I'm not knocking it, I'm just saying if their idea of close is thirty to forty, I'm not convinced that those A-frames are working, um, like like I would want them to work because I want them ten to twenty-five. Yeah. Um, so I agree. I, I think. I mean, I can't speak for him because he's not here anymore. But I don't think that's what he meant when he said that. Okay. Okay. I must have misunderstood it. I'm just I, I, until I see birds until I'm in an A-frame standing out all by itself in a field and I'm shooting birds at 15 yards consistently. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to. Be well, you gotta you gotta try it to. See yeah, it. yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And we will you, we will eventually like the pond will be the first will be the first test, um, because we will use that A-frame on that pond. I don't think it'll happen saturday just because i can't get it brushed my dad still has and i can't get it brushed like it needs to and there's no at that place there's no place to brush it because the cows have eaten everything um so but the first test will be on that pond's edge and if we're if we're killing them at 15 to 20 on that pond's edge in that scenario i will be that'll that'll do a lot for me i mean because there is nothing there except a field right up against the pond so mm -hmm. if we can kill them at 15 to 20 at that pond at that range, I will be probably pretty close to a, to, a, to a believer. So, but the general consensus to answer Chase's question, the general consensus from everyone is that yes, you can kill them with very, very minimal cover, if any at all, um, in fields. Yep. So yeah, before we head off, quick word. Um, big thanks to our partners, Lightsall. Um, as you guys have heard us talk about throughout this season, um, they are the light company of our choice, uh, making some high quality products, um, but definitely our favorite product, I think for both of us and duck hunters is the headlamp. Um, definitely a great headlamp for waterfowling, uh, super bright. I don't know the limits, but I know it's bright. <laughs> well, I actually used my, the lantern in a really unique way. The other day we were playing a family game of jeopardy. And there was not enough light in the room. I could, I was, I was like the, the quiz master and I couldn't see, I couldn't see what was on the cards. And so I put the little lantern right down there in front of there. And cause, cause the quad lantern has like four different um, sections. You can turn one, two, three, or four of them on. And I put them right down there and turn them on. It's like, there we go. Lights all. Yep. <laughs> Whereas my kids were complaining about being in their eyes. I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to play a game. Uh -huh. <laughs> So go check out the products for sure. Nice. All right. Well, that's all we got for this week before my voice completely gives out. 
we're going to call it a quits. But we really appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us for the podcast. Make sure to jump over to iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Um, we've definitely been seeing a few of you guys doing that, and we appreciate it. Um, so keep them coming. We'll keep the podcast coming. And uh, I'm Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Free- <coughs> Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys next time.